This is a podcast of two type A girls working hard to untangle the BS stories and expectations related to this illusion of perfection. Life is hard enough without adding pressure to be more, do more, be the best. It's an ever moving target. And so, in an attempt to inch closer to our authentic selves, the vulnerable, messy, and uniquely beautiful, we have decided to push back. Bit by bit, we are untangling society's demands of us, sinking in to our own intuition. If something makes us feel more alive, we're doing more of that. If something drains us, we're gonna practice removing ourselves. This is a journey we hope you'll join us on. Together, we will explore insights, tips, and tricks, all in an attempt to help you uncover your truest, most authentic self. Alrighty. I was going to say we are back, but it's actually just me tonight. Maggie has got some family obligations, but we do have a guest, and the guest happens to be my Uncle Ryan. Hey. So I want you to give a little brief introduction of yourself, kind of like who you are and then why you are interested in coming on the pod. Well, I'm interested in coming on the podcast because uh, you're my niece and one of the favorite, my favorite people in the world, so <laughs> that, was, that was a quick and easy decision. Um, who am I? Let's see. Um, a guy that's been, uh, uh, working in the engineering space for, geez, uh, almost 30 years now. Yeah. Almost 30 years now. Um, and, uh, in the past, probably 10 years or so I've been in the engineering leadership space, which, um, you know, at first when, um, you know, I've, I've hold, held multiple roles throughout my career and, and uh, really, really wanted to focus on just being a subject matter expert in, okay. in a specific space and um, just wanted to be really good at being an engineer and delivering, you know, really cool things to, to consumers. And, um, you know, it was about, you know, like I said, about 10 years ago, um, I was approached to potentially lead a a team of engineers, right? So move from being an individual contributor to... So um, after 20 years of you doing it, more of the Mm hands-on, okay. Yeah. And then uh, I was asked to to take on that responsibility. And I thought about that really hard because it was like, man, I'm... Up until then, I was like responsible for my own career and for my own development and... Um, my own success, right? Um, and and the thought of um, being responsible for all of that for other people was, you know, something that I didn't take lightly. That was that was something that I had to think about a lot. Um, right. Because when you don't get that right, that's uh, that affects more than just yourself. It uh, affects other people as well. So, um, so I I took on that challenge and. Um, Honestly, probably one of the best decisions I've ever made because I feel like I get a lot more um, gratitude and and um, uh, um, the reason I get up in the morning now is is not for myself; it's for others, and yeah. um, that's and that's been a meaningful and and really impactful change in my life. So. Yeah, I think that's been such a driver in like my own professional experiences. My dad, since I was like in middle school, probably has told me like do something you love, and it sounds like you found that like even even before the leadership. Probably I know you enjoyed what you did. Did was the leadership kind of like? I know you said somebody asked you to take that on. Was it kind of just appointed outside of you, or were you actively seeking a leadership? No, I was not. Um, I was in the process of um, leading a leading a project at the time where I had, you know, I I didn't oh, okay. I didn't I didn't have any people that reported to me, but I had a lot of um, responsibility to direct other people's activities to deliver the project. Right, so I was like a project mm-hmm. leader and not um, project leader, not a people leader. So right. Um, but I think uh, maybe maybe some people saw some things in the way that I handled that project that exactly. that I didn't see in myself and um, kind of led to you know those next career steps for me, which which have been really incredible, honestly. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. To back up a little bit, um, 
you and I, when we first talked about this several months back, um, you mentioned wanting to talk about like being a good steward of people's careers. And I kind of viewed that as leadership. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a part of it. Right. Um, okay. and it's maybe a part that, um, that I've been recognized for that sets me, um, uh, maybe setting me apart isn't the right way to say it, but um, it's it's something that I that people recognize that I'm good at, and and I get a lot of people that come to me for career advice and and helping them with uh, kind of planning their next steps and helping them find what's interesting to them. Right, and I just I'm sure we'll dig into this a bit later, but I even just had like a thought that I feel like you are a leader not just in like your professional life, but also just like everyday life and people you're interacting with. I've known you for 27 years now and I know I've looked up to you in many ways as a leader or like someone to aspire to both you and Aunt Amy, your wife. Um, so like that was like kind of selfishly, I was like, ooh, I want to bring him on because outside of leadership, I also just wanted to pick your brain about like professional development. Sure. Um, so I know that's not exactly your intention, but hopefully we'll dig to that a little bit later as well. So you already mentioned that you were not necessarily seeking out the leadership, but it was kind of appointed to you. Um, And so I had wrote down the question was like, you, you landing in the position of leadership, was that kind of result of you being passionate about it or if you had experienced poor leadership in the past. So again, it wasn't like necessarily a direct decision of yours, but what has your experience with that been like? Yeah, I think um, what, you know, the, the project that I was working on before I, before I was asked to take over an official people leadership role um, was one where I didn't have a big project team. So I had to, leverage a lot of like relationship skills in order to kind of um, influence people to help deliver help me get done what I needed to get done for the project because you can't do it solo because I couldn't do it by myself and even with the allotted you know people resources that I were that I was given to help deliver the project it, it wasn't enough it wasn't the right um I didn't necessarily always have the right capabilities that I needed in order to help deliver on a certain aspect of the project. So I would have to go out and find that, you know, and I have to network and use my, use my network and, and help build new relationships with people in order to get them to help me deliver the project. And, um, that was, that was, a a really big part of why that project was success as successful as it was. And as fun as it was, is because we made, um, we made the project really fun, and we made it um, made it such that people wanted to be a part of it um, and wanted to be, you know, part of the success of that project. So, um, again, I think that was you know there uh, there are a number of fond memories, and I guess I can I can talk specifically about the experience it was the I was working in an advanced development space for a period of time in my career and um, I was asked to deliver a beer fermenter appliance and um, I remember this yeah so um, I think it was uh, during that project of course it wasn't it wasn't so hard to get people interested in a project like that right but (laughs) there were some real really big technical issues that we had to overcome um, that required some, some real time from people and, um, you know, just kind of getting, getting people on board to, to help me deliver that was, it was a big task. And, and, um, I think being able to leverage my relationship building skills and, and also just kind of making, making work fun made it, made it not so difficult for, um, for people to want to get on board and help me and, and make that a success. Yeah. And I, I kind of assume that when you're saying like you weren't able to take on all of the project on your own, there were some things missing. And so you had to do a bit of networking and things. 
I'm assuming that that wasn't expected of you. It was kind of like you wanting to maximize and really like if your name's going to be put on this, you want it to be the best. Yeah. Were those things that you just sought out yourself because you knew that was what was going to be most beneficial? Yeah. So, I mean, for sure that was part of it. I had really good leadership and really good friends around me to help. Um, I, I wasn't in that alone for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I had some, some really good leadership to help foster that in me and, and also just enabled me to go and do what I needed to do in order to get the job done. So, right. um, there, you know, just, a I had to take on a lot of that myself for sure, but, um, it'd be unfair to say that I did that all on my own too. Right. We're like you're talking about leadership that you've had in your own life is that specifically in your career like within the 30 years of the organization you're currently with or like what have been what have your experiences with leadership been like like in your life as a whole um professionally i've had um i've had i've so i I work for you know a large fortune 200 company um so i've had the benefit of having you know, some very excellent um, people, leaders, and mentors in my life that, in, in my professional career, that have helped me um, shape and and build the person that I am today. So I have a lot of a lot to be thankful there. Um, I also um, have had some some leaders that I didn't necessarily match my style, and and um, you know that I've that I also learn from, right? I mean, there's the oppor- yeah. the opportunity is there to learn from not only the people that you aspire to be, but also kind of observing the things that don't necessarily fit your style and that you, you know that you don't think would work for you. So, yeah. I think there's a um, if if you're if you're humble and you can sit back and observe and and um, learn from those around you regardless of, you know, However that, however that style comes at you, um, I think you can, you can leverage that in order to build what you think is the right leadership style for you. So, and that, and I, and I feel like that's what I've done. I've had, like I said, I've had some, just some of the most wonderful people that I've worked for. Um, and that I still think about, okay, what would, what would Mike do in this situation? And um, what would Matt do in this situation? And, and I have some, you know, just some, it's unfair to say names really because I've had so, so many great leaders, but um, there's a, you know, there's a few for sure that I come back to and I say, okay, this, this person would have handled this in this way. And I, you know, I kind of put myself back in, in, in the position where I was learning from them and, and really kind of, uh, leverage those experiences, right, to, again, to shape, shape who I am today. And I, I was, I was shaping that professional side, but then, you know, the, the personal side, um, you know, I've always taken parenting as like a very, um, a very serious and important, um, responsibility. Um, my kids are, not my friends, they're my responsibility to build and to ensure that they are successful, um, you know, um, people, citizens of, you know, of this world that are going to, you know, build it to be something better than what, you know, than what they took over and um, trying to make sure that they have the right moral compass in order to do the right thing, not just for themselves, but for other people. And so that's a, that's a form of leadership too, right? Um, just parenting yeah. in general is, is, um, one of the most important forms of leadership. So that's something that, that Amy and I take very seriously. And, um, you know, we are not perfect for sure. Um, but we strive to be. So, um, that's, uh, yeah, so that's a, from a personal perspective, I, I think a lot about that and, and uh, just trying to get that right. I'm glad you tied in the personal side of things because I didn't mention it early on, but not all of our listeners are necessarily leaders within like their professional world. So I just 
hope to touch a little bit on how you can be a leader at like any role or any phase or part of your life. Um, in my program right now for school, we're learning a lot on leadership. And I think that was a big shift in my mindset for me was that I don't necessarily need to be the manager or boss to be a leader. So yeah, that's a good point. You mentioned um, a couple times now, like kind of the theme with you can have fun, whether it's with your kids or with your employees, but then you still have this boundary of like, I don't know the word I want to use. Like there's still like you need to be respected and there's still work to be done, essentially. Can you touch a little bit on how you navigate that? Yeah, so um, always, um, man, uh, hard to put to words, right? But um, there's a, a fine level of of being able to um, be a friend of the people that you know that you work with and. Um, by the way, I don't, I like, I don't ever like the, one of the first things that I always say to a new team that I work with, um, I say, don't call me your boss. I'm not your boss. I'm a team member with you and I have a slightly different function than you do, but to get to together, we're a team. And, um, I've been challenged on that concept in the past, but for me, that's how, that's what resonates well with me. Um, because, um, you know, while I can help guide and, and make ultimate decisions, I, I also take the input from my team in order to help me do that. So that way we can make the best decision together. Um, so to me that, that, that's not a, that's not me over you. That's us together trying to make a good decision. So, um, but man, like, you know, you talk about like how to, how to navigate like friendship and, and also, um, leadership, I guess. I mean, at the foundation, you just have to like, I just have like a very deep respect. I, I find the common ground where I can have a deep respect for each of the people that, um, that I work with. So the people on my team, I, I can tell you with 100% sincerity, each of those people are brilliant. <laughs> and I, I truly believe that. I'm, all, I'm never the smartest person in the room when I sit with my team. So, um, Which they say is what you should shoot for, never being the smartest it, person in the room. Right, exactly, right? Um, and, you know, to navigate the, um, you know, the, the friendship versus leadership, you just have to, you have to be genuine with, um, you, have, you have to be caring, you know, and respectful of, of people's, um, positions and, and their decision-making and how they got to, you know, wherever they were. Um, but also give your, your thoughts and, and your, um, you know, like I, I'll, I'll sometimes, you know, ask somebody to, to, um, stay after a meeting or something. I'll say, you know, you know, I, I noticed you, you know, that this came up and, um, you know, help me understand what you were thinking there because, you know, I don't, I don't know if I would approach it that way. So help me understand what you were thinking. Right. Um, and, and, uh, a lot of times, you know, when you get the, another person's perspective and then you share your own, you can come together on, on, um, at least I can get my point across in a way that's not like, uh, you know, demeaning or can, you know, with, you know, driving conflict. Um, it's more like, Hey, I'm going to share my perspective. You can share yours and we can come together on what we collectively think is the right way to approach a situation like that in the future. Right. And then like just giving open and honest feedback, um, quickly. So like, for example, um, I had a, uh, a team member of mine that was, um, you know, I had some, you know, we set annual objectives and, you know, we're, we track towards, a, you know, uh, the success or the failure of those objectives over the course of the year. And, um, you know, I was 
every every one-on-one that I had, you know, we talk about the objectives, and I say, oh man, I think we're we're falling a little short here. Like, how how can I help you get back on track? And you know, it's like, person's okay. This is my responsibility. I'll take it. You know, and figure it out. And kind of kept coming back to that over and over, and uh, you know, throughout the year, and you know, I was trying to escalate and and create the right support network for this person that I could throughout the year. And ultimately at the end of the year, the person just didn't, didn't deliver on, on their objectives. And, and, um, so at the end of the year I had to come in and I, it was like, I, I lost sleep over this. I, I had to come in and I knew I was going to have to give this person a poor review. And I, I came in that day and I was all stressed out and, and I came in and I was like, Hey man, I'm, you know, I'm really sorry. Um, but when we calibrated your performance against the others, you know, this just wasn't, um, wasn't, com- didn't compare well to, to your peers. And so I had to give him the bad review and, uh, or the bad rating for the year. And he looked at me, he's like, you know what? You're the best boss I've ever had. He's like, I knew I was going to get that. I knew what I was going to get. And I knew it because you were telling me the entire year. Right. So, um, I come back to that a lot uh, and that example a lot because that was like one of the like if I'm if I'm an individual contributor or or if I'm underperforming and my manager isn't telling me I feel I want to know about it so I have the opportunity to change and to shift and to yeah. and to improve right and um, that's what I was trying to do for this person that entire time um, and. I think I think they learned from it. I know I did for sure. It was it was one of those things where I was like, man, I thought that was going to go so poorly, and it ended up being a, a talking point for a discussion like we're having today, right? So, right, a lot of it I feel like tying back to those themes of like being genuine and honest, and just being authentic, which just so happens to be in our title name. Um, I know it's not easy, but I definitely think it's important in all of life I was writing down notes as you were talking I thought it was really cool how you were saying um like you don't necessarily want to be called the boss or whatever like you're all equal team members and I thought that was really cool because I think a lot of times we feel this obligation to view like superiors as like we need to be more respectful of them than say our team members and I think through the lens you're looking at it it's like no we all are a part of whatever product that we're creating. And so that's going to require that we're all being equally respect, respectful of one another, Yeah, which is a cool shift that I hadn't thought of. For sure. Like if I'm, if I'm going into a meeting with a, a, a vice president or, you know, somebody that's multiple levels above me, um, now I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I'm prepared for that discussion, but I know that this person is a, you know, when, when, when this person goes home at night, they, they kiss their wife, just like I do. (laughs) Right. And they have to deal with their kids' homework, just like I do. And they have to, you know, you know, settle all the, the kids disputes, just like I do, you know, they're, they're regular people. Uh, And while they have different titles and, and, you know, have different, maybe even different capabilities than me, they're still a person at the end of the day. And, and we can come to that common ground for sure. Right. Yeah, definitely. I thought that was cool in like the material you sent before and in our conversation just today of how much like you have to bring in like humanity almost into how you're approaching people like we're not just robots in our work. We are actual people. And so I do think we require this element of fun in our jobs. But at the same time, it's like we can't fall. I know you and I have had conversations outside of right now, like I feel like there's two ends of a spectrum where you can be like too kind or be pushing for too much fun where you fall into the trap of like wanting to make everybody happy or it's like you're just too rigid as a leader and so like everybody kind of thinks you're an asshole and like they don't you recognize that that leader isn't looking at you as like an actual person so I think that has to be a tough balance to find and it's probably something that you continually have to kind of gauge where you're falling oh you're you're spot on about that it's like that's one of the um man it's probably one of the like the the things that you as a leader continue to hone 
um, is the the balance of teaming and community and and like um, um, yeah, just like the sense of community within your team, right? Versus being um, sometimes you have to you have to give you know feedback that isn't something that somebody necessarily wants to hear. But I think, like as an example, I prioritize having lunch with my team every day. Um, we go to lunch together every day, and at least wow. at, at least the people in uh, in the U.S. Of course, I I have a global team, but um, we come together and we don't talk about work. We talk about our home projects. We talk about the things that we're going to do that weekend. We talk about sports and we come together at a personal level during that time. And, you know, I think when you, when you make that investment and I don't, to be honest, I don't even see it as an investment. It's just like part of my DNA. I want to, like, I enjoy spending time with people, especially the people I respect. Um, when you build that common ground of like, you know, appreciation for who people are outside of work, you can come back into work and have a tough conversation. And they know that that's coming from a place of like, Hey, we need to, we need to deliver in a different way, or we need to, um, have some sort of different output. And, and they know that that's coming from a place of like, Hey, I'm just trying, I'm trying to help help you see something that I'm seeing or the feedback that I'm getting from somebody that, you know, is seeing you, um, and, and being able to make sure that they're, they're being seen in the best way that they can. Um, that's part of my responsibility is giving them the right exposure and making sure that they're recognized for the things that they're doing. And, and, um, and when that message is not necessarily the best message, they know that, like I said, that it's coming from a place of, um, hey, I'm only trying to get you us build a foundation. Yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to get us to improve, um, so that way you can get what you want out of your career, and I can get you to the places you want to go. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's actually what I wanted to touch on next, because outside of, well, not even just outside of, like alongside your role in leadership, this whole conversation sparked off of you saying how much you like helping others develop professionally and just like as a person overall. Um, can you talk us through a little bit of like where this comes from, that passion for building others up, whether that's as a person or professionally? Man, I I don't know. I don't know how it was necessarily built in me. Uh, it, I think it's got to be, it, it needs to be uh, like a series of, life experiences and observations and things like that it has to be um but i mean just naturally i get my energy out of seeing my friends and my co-workers succeed um and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of times where people see me as the face of the team and try to give me recognition for things that my teammates are doing. And I'm like, Nope, that that's, that wasn't me. That was, that was them. And you need to understand that that was them. Um, and that's like a genuine thing. It's not you just trying to be like, this looks good. No, yeah. It was them. It's like you genuinely mean that like you are proud of your team and recognize you guys as a whole. Yeah. It's really cool. Totally. Um, and I'm, I feel I'm, I honestly feel blessed to to have that mentality because because it is genuine and I do um, I do really draw my energy from you know seeing those around me succeed and yeah. and because of that um, a, a byproduct of that is that that I don't have problems with finding people that want to work with me right because they know that. Um, you know, I'm somebody who's constantly trying to find the exposure opportunity for them to to highlight the good work that they're doing or um, creating the right relationship or network opportunity for them to get to the next role they want to go to. And I don't 
never try to keep people within my team. I'm, I've like, yeah, in the past, like three and a half years that I've, that I've had my team, I've exported like about 70, maybe like 75% of those people for promotions a lot. outside of my team and brought new people in, um, in order to, you know, continue to like allow people to move and, and to develop and be successful. So that's been another big, big part of my success is that I'm, you know, because I'm interested in, in seeing those people succeed, I, I have a, a good group of really talented people that continue to support my team. So. Yeah. This leans heavily into another question that I had for you kind of on like the idea of abundance in life. And this is something like, unfortunately I'm, I'm still working on because you've made it very clear that you don't like fear developing these other people out of like, they might take my job or they're going to like excel beyond me. Was that ever a struggle in your life or kind of talk us through that? Man. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's, um, I think with age comes some maturity, right? Um, there's probably some insecurity that, that I had when I was younger and I was probably, um, I'd like to think that I had an element of being humble throughout my entire life. And I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't know why that is, but that's something that's been built in me. So I'm thankful for that. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a, there's a level of maturity that I think I have now that I didn't have in the port in the beginning portions of my career, if I'm honest with myself. Um, I'm just a little more confident and, you know, I've, I've, I guess I've seen myself succeed in enough different ways that I feel like I can now kind of navigate a number of situations and find myself in a good, you know, good place. Um, so just having those reps over the course of your life builds that maturity and that confidence. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, uh, that's, that's probably something that, um, you know, I, my, my, uh, my humbleness is probably, um, has, was probably founded a little bit in my lack of confidence in the beginning, right? Like, oh, this person's probably, probably a way better engineer than me. You know, this, you know, they're, they're doing a great job. Let them, let them take this, you know, this responsibility or let them take this credit for, for this because, you know, whatever. Um, so I can, I can see how, you know, I probably wasn't the most confident, um, you know, leader of myself or leader of others in the beginning. Um, but just, you know, through the course of like really, really challenging work environments and, and, um, situations, whether it be home or at work, you kind of, I think you, you know, the more, more challenging situations you put yourself in and where you have to work hard and, and dig your way out of that hole. Um, the more you grow, the more your bandwidth increases, the more you um, become confident in yourself to be able to, to know that, well, okay, this is, it's not going to be sweet, but I'll figure it out. Right. Yeah. You're saying a whole lot of things that relate to like conversations Maggie and I have um, a lot on like, everything's essentially a muscle like you do it a couple times repetitively and things get easier yeah um and like my entire like philosophy for life that I think is huge and like the success I've had is exactly what you just said like seeking out discomfort and finding the growth in that man that takes a ton of maturity um for for a young professional like yourself to to actually recognize and seek that out because that's not natural, right? People, people don't want to feel pain. They want to feel, you know, comfort and, um, yeah. and that, but, but I will tell you like one of the, one of the pieces of advice that I give to the people that I talk to about their careers and things like that, it's like, 
you know, they'll come to me like, oh man, I'm having this super crappy project and just like nothing's going right. And it's like, you know, help them through that. But at the end, it's like, man, you, you know, you, you probably grew a lot from that situation because um, you probably learned a little bit about yourself and what you can and can't do, um, as well as next time you run into a tough project, you're going to be able to compare it back to that and say, well, at least it wasn't that, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So I can, so this is not that big of a deal and your, and your bandwidth increases that way. I want to now move into a little bit more on like professional development specifically. This is like for selfish reasons. <laughs> um, I want to know, like, I'm sure you've touched on this bits here and there, but are there specific like moments or decisions that you feel like you've made in your life that's allowed you to be where you're at now or like achieve the success that you have? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we talked about it. Um, but that, that one moment where I had to really reflect on, um, whether I wanted to take on the responsibility of, of, um, you know, leading others and being responsible for other people's development and success. Um, I really feel like there there was um, there was a why in the road that I could have taken, right? And it would have been one of like continuing to try to grow myself as an individual, um, and then the other path which I ended up taking, which is grow myself as an individual and others, right? Um, And that, I just find so much, um, so much enjoyment in in that work environment now where, you know, where I'm helping to build and shape the um, the outputs of the team members that I work with and um, and I learned, they probably, I don't know, they probably recognize this because I tell them, but, um, I learned just as much from them as I hope that they learn from me. Right. Um, so I think if you're, like I said, I, I think I said it before, but if you're, if you're humble enough to, to listen, um, you, you can, you can learn and, and I change change the shape of my decisions all the time based on the conversations that I have. So definitely not always right for sure. Maggie and I say that a lot too. We give like quote unquote advice on here, but we're always like, and we kind of suck at this. This is stuff (laughs) we're still learning too. (laughs) I, I, I do like how much you're talking about like just the element of like trust and having genuine relationships because that is an added effort for people and for maybe like introverts like myself that doesn't come as naturally to be seeking that out um but I think forming those genuine relationships is important both in your professional life and personal life um and having that perspective that you can absolutely learn something and take something from everyone just as much as you're providing back to them, I think. Yeah. But I'm, again, not great at doing that, <laughs> I don't think. No, I think, uh, you know, like I said, having having lunch with my teammates every day, we, we've all come to prioritize that because we have a good time. Um, and we take a full yeah, hour. You said that and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I do not do that. We take, a, we take a full hour where we just, you know, I'm like, I'm actually always kind of looking at my watch, man. Oh man, I only get, I only have like 15 more minutes. Um, you know, so coming to that, the level of where you can be friends and have a personal relationship with, um, the people that you work with, whether it's up or down, right. Um, the people Mm -hmm. that you report to, or the people that, um, you know, are on your team. That's uh, I think that's huge for just having more open dialogue, right? When you can break down those barriers of not professionalism, because you still need to hold a level of professionalism, yeah. but like of um, maybe protection, maybe is the right word, where you're not you don't feel like you have to protect yourself in a in a conversation. Um, 
that's that's when you know you got you, you have something special and um, I'm fortunate to have found that in, in uh, many of the teams that I've that I've yeah. led and I that translates hugely to team building or at least what understanding I have of team building I wish my team did more of that but I can see how that would be awesome yeah maybe you should set that as a goal maybe you should try to have lunch with your manager once a week I know. <laughs> <laughs> when he gets back from paternity leave I might try to do that oh, okay nice <laughs> um I'm curious what you would say to people like if this is their goal. I know for myself, I'm always seeking like, which this is to a fault at times, but I'm always seeking like, okay, how can I develop further? What's the next move? Um, what advice would you maybe give to somebody as far as like moving up the ladder? But I think it's tricky because in some fields, I like even for myself, sometimes there's not a ton of opportunity for that next role. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. What are, what are some thoughts on that? Yeah, so, um, okay, so, again, working for a, a large company that has um, a lot of, you know, process and um, has the, the resources to go out and kind of figure out what works and what doesn't work in the industry. I've been fortunate to, to be, uh, you know, exposed to that environment. And one of the things that we do is we we put a lot of effort into um, these things we call career compasses. And, and I, I sent uh, the, the, the document that I sent you for, for this discussion. Is this the longer, like it was like a survey of some, like no, it no. looked like you had taken a quiz or something. No, no, no. That was, uh, no? that was like a leadership profile um, assessment. The, okay. the other thing is in the, the slide deck that I share with you, but the last, last oh, couple okay. pages, but, um, that's um, intended to help you kind of say, okay, at the end of my career, when I'm in the last role before I'm ready to retire, what role do I think that is? Okay, and and Love this. I think you could, um, I think you could constrict it to. There's maybe maybe two ways that you could take a look at it. If you're like maybe if you're in a situation where you don't feel like you have um, a ton of upward mobility within the company you work for, you might set, you might make one of these for the company you work in, but you also might make one for something outside of more of a, you know, we call it an aspirational role. So yep. what's your aspirational role that you ultimately want to be when you, when you grow up and you're at the end of your career and you say, I've, I've reached what I want to do. Um, and then, then, it, once you have that, you can then kind of break that down into more manageable pieces to where, like, um, let's say, um, you know, you're going to be, um, you maybe you have like five roles in between what you currently are and what you ultimately want to be. So what you can do is you can kind of map out like, okay, what are all the different um career jumps that I can make in order to get to that role. So you kind of map out a bunch of different, you know, paths on how to get there. And then um, what's important is that then you break down each of those next roles and you say, all right, what are the skills that I'm going to need or that this role needs to have in order to be successful in that role? So then you can start to say, all right, well, if this, this next role um, is gonna be really heavy in data analytics, right? You might, you might say, okay, well, I don't really know much about that. Between now and um, the middle of this year, I'm gonna try and take a data analytics course and, and start to learn about that, right? And taking that step. Taking, yeah, so like kind of not looking at the president and CEO of your company and say, I want to be that person say, I want to be that person someday, but this is the next step I need to take in order to start to build. I mean, you even want to do that yourself, right? It, at the end of the day, 
you don't want to get to be the CEO of a company and find out that you don't know shit about leading a company. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. So exactly. So you want to you want to build yourself on the way to that role, so that way when you get there you're qualified. Um, but like taking the next potential roles that you could take that are in that little map of ways to get there, um, and breaking that down into the skills that you need in order to be successful at that job. That's, that's the first step. The second step is, um, really having the visibility of your desires and your interests to get to that role with either your people leader or a mentor that you might have, or somebody is going to be a shepherd of your career. So that way they can help be in conversations perhaps that might help you um, progress to that next step. Like I've had, I've been uh, the beneficiary of having some really good mentors within my career. And I think that should be a whole topic in itself. I want to learn more <laughs> okay. about mentorship. Yeah. Um, and, and, they've been um, really influential in highlighting potential roles in the company that I could potentially take, as well as um, even be like, even being behind the scenes in some of the conversations and network networking that happens to say, hey, this role is coming open and nobody really knows about it yet, but hey, I think that Ryan guy, he might be a good fit for yep. this. You should at least put him on the, the interview, um, on the interview list. And yeah. I've, I've had the opportunity to interview for roles that weren't even posted yet, you know, that like, all right, you're already in the, you're already in the final, you know, few candidates, um, here's your opportunity. So once you kind of plot out that course and kind of map out the skills and ready yourself for those next roles, you want to have somebody that's like also helping you with either alignment with your immediate people leader or mm-hmm. um, with with leadership in some way that this is this is what you're working towards and get that high level of agreement, um, and or having another shepherd that's that's helping you kind of navigate those things is yeah is super important. That directly ties back to um, like you placing so much value on relationships as well because you're saying like i'm having those good connections not only because i'm just seeking the opportunities but i truly value them in themselves which again like i people that listen to the podcast know like i struggle with my relationship building i would say but i felt very encouraged by your whole like backwards planning model Mm -hmm. because i i know i've probably talked about this with you and people that listen to the podcast know, but like I literally have a tattoo that essentially means everything that that is, is like, where am I heading? And then, okay, what needs to happen between now and there to get myself to that point? So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just breaking it down. Right. Like, um, I think when, I think when you have goals that are so far away, it seems like, uh, it's hard to, hard to think about yourself achieving them. But when you mm-hmm. break, break them down into bite-sized chunks and say, "This is the this is the plan that I have to get to the next this next role," um, my people leader, do you agree with that plan? Yeah. Okay, that's the plan I'm going to work on. Right. And I think another thing that's really important to mention here, in that in that regard, is that um, I'm like super upfront and open about about career advancement with my team members. It's like, okay, we're gonna set this plan. We're gonna define all the things that you need to achieve in order to be ready for the next role. But in, but in reality, when you achieve those things, that doesn't necessarily equal promotion. When you achieve those things, that means that you are ready, but somebody else in a leadership role or somebody that's going to be making the decision to advance you needs to have seen seen you perform in these in these different competencies or has to have seen you check these boxes and have the confidence that you're going to be successful there and then so those two things need to happen and then they're also the business has to line up right so 
having the ability to actually finance the 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 new salary and the and to um you know have the right organizational structure in order to to move a person to those are those are very important realities that people need to understand where I think people can get frustrated of like, I'm ready for this next role and nobody's given it to me. Well, I mean, there is a reality, a, a business reality of, of having the budget space in order to make a move and, um, and, and having other people see and know that you're ready. And so there's a number of things that come together with the uh, yeah. career advancement that, you know, it can sometimes be difficult to manage, right, in general, because I get it. I feel like I'm ready for the next role, and other people tell me that I'm ready for the next role, but there aren't too many of those in, in my company. So it's like some movement needs to happen, and there's other really qualified people that I work with that are also ready. And so, you know, it's, yeah. sometimes you have to be patient. But. And I assume a big piece of that is if the opportunity like isn't necessarily there right now, it's like not giving up on that, but continuing to push for that and make sure that's showing your interests and capabilities. Yeah. And that's, and that's why it's also important to have maybe not just one path, but multiple paths that you um, can see could, could get you to where you want to go. Yeah. Right. The last thing, and you've touched on pieces of this for sure, but the last thing I wanted to ask you about as a leader, I'm speaking um, specifically of like professional realms, what sort of things are you looking out for in terms of like hiring somebody or like what makes somebody a good candidate, but also what are maybe some of those red flags? Essentially, like how can you be noticed and start developing those relationships with leaders? Um. When you started to ask that question, my my mind went to um, interviewing people to join my team. Is that is that where the question is is gener- is from? Or? Yeah, just like with me again, like a huge piece of this conversation for me, I wanted to learn more about like professional development, and so kind of for myself and others listening, like what kind of things can you be working or aspiring towards so that you are standing out to leaders and being that candidate that they're looking for? Hmm. Um, great question. So I, I always say, um, table stakes are, is that you need to be doing good work, right? Um, that's like that's the that's the foundation that's the bare minimum right and and good work like for all the reasons that i was just talking about and getting promotions um good work does not equal career success good work coupled with having i always say you need to be doing good work that's the foundation but you also need to have people that are seeing you do good work, right? So um, either working with your people leader or mentor or, you know, um, a leadership individual um, to have them help you get exposure so that way people can see the good work that you're doing. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be doing the good work, right? like has to has to start there but then um you have to have like the strategy and the plan with your people leader or again uh, or other um in order to make sure that you're getting the exposure needed for the people who are making that decision for you yeah right this is such a good point i just feel like i had a light bulb moment because I think something that I struggle with is knowing like I can be the hardest worker in the room, but that doesn't always translate when you're like applying to a job because your resume and cover letter only say so much. And so it really emphasizes the importance of having that person to like vouch for you and help navigate that whole system. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for like interviews, I, I typically have other people like vet the technical side of 
of people that I'm interviewing, but I always, I always get my read on the, the person, right? I always ask them like, what, what do you like to do in your free time? Like, do you like to, do you like to work on cars? Do you like to, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you get into? Um, and you can pick up a lot from talking to somebody about their work ethic and, um, their ability to team with others. Like I have a, I have a whole list of questions that I've come up with in the past from, I've done hundreds of interviews with people. Um, and I have like kind of a script of questions that I pull from, you know, bring out what you want to know. Exactly. Yeah. That, that bring out like things about their own personal leadership. Like how do they handle, and I, I try to stay as far away from the, I typically don't ask the, give me, describe a time when you were in a difficult situation. You know, I don't, I don't do that, those things so much. I think those are, you can prepare an answer for those questions. I was going to say you're throwing them off because they've prepared that answer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I want to get to know who this person is, right? Because they're going to be the person I go to lunch with every day and I want that to be cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. So very cool. Yeah. So that's uh, that personal side is really important. Um, it's not only important to me; it's important for the culture of how they work in my team, right? My team is all like super. I mean, I have people in Brazil and India and here in the United States, and we all get together multiple times a week and share our best practices and talk about what we did over the weekend. And, and, you know, that culture is super important to yeah. supporting each other when, when you really have to work hard and also, um, you know, just having fun. Yeah. yeah. Cause it sounds like you're all able to build each other up and feed off one another and just that results in like a better, not only better individuals, but a better team as a whole. Yeah. The, team culture is super important for me just because it, it it's a uh, when you don't have that it just shuts down so many lanes of communication and and um ability for people to work well together and you know so, so super yeah. important anyhow are there any last things that you kind of hope to touch on today or just share with listeners um i would say you know um one of the things that um is like I, I think I shared a, a slide with you that um, is my professional philosophy, and I'll just I'll just read what I read what I have on the slide, which I live by and, and has been super successful for me. So um, have fun at work. That's the that's the first thing that I say. Got to have fun at work. Um, the best decisions are made with all the stakeholders. So stakeholders are like your partners. Um, that, that you interact with, not just within your team, but outside of your team. So getting the input from all your, all the people around you to make good decisions helps, helps life in general, right? Keep communication high. I'm, I'm always talking with my team and, and uh, they talk to each other. Continue and learn, continue to learn and drive, in my case, engineering rigor, but that can, but that can translate it. Yeah, you can fill in the blank, right? Um, Celebrate the wins. When my team does a really good job, I make sure that people know it. And um, and I'm I'm like the corny guy at work that's giving high fives when we go, when we do something, you know, that's really good. And then dates matter. You know, we have to deliver because ultimately, all those things I just talked about don't mean anything unless we're delivering business results, right? I mean, we get we get paid to deliver for the company that we work for. And, so those dates matter. And, and for me, when you do all those things, you get really high engaging teams, high engaged teams. You can be fast because you can work well together. You can communicate well together. You have success and you win as a team. So that's uh, yeah. boom, boom, mic drop. Maggie and I <laughs> always say at the end, we're like, and this is so easy because it's easy to talk about it in an hour conversation. But yeah, lots of little things like 
if you want to talk about the reverse engineering of it, like I mentioned and Ryan mentioned, like these things aren't necessarily easy to apply and you're not going to do it all overnight, but maybe take like one or two things we discussed today and start working on it and then build from there. But we super appreciate you coming on. I appreciate it because, again, I look up to you and it's really cool to pick your brain on how you can not only have the leadership skills but also just develop as a person and professionally. Yeah. Maddie, it's been so much fun doing this. I'm so proud of you for <laughs> for leading this kind of thing and having these kinds of conversations. I listen to, to a lot of your yeah. podcasts and there's some really, really good inspirational stuff on there. So um, so happy for That means for a you. lot to hear. All right. Well, maybe we'll have you on for mentorship. That would be cool. Oh, I'd love to. That'd be great. All right. Bye. All right. Talk to you later.